Welcome to Emron's podcast, episode number 40. This is your host, Suman Silwal. What we do is educate the youth sports community through sports safety and injury prevention programs. Visit Emron's.com to get 10% discount for Birmingham 110K. I'd like to welcome Joey Longoria to Emron's podcast. Joey's a longtime friend and mind behind Birmingham Wine 10K. Joey, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Suman. How are you? Doing good. Thanks for having me on. You're more than welcome. I'm looking forward to uh, talk a little bit more about Wine 10K. Before we uh, dive in that, uh, can you tell us about uh, the National Center for Sports Safety, what role you play, and what is the National Center for Sports Safety is all about? Yeah, sure. Um, so my role is I'm the uh, executive director for the National Center for Sports Safety. And what we do is educate the youth sports community through sports safety and injury prevention programs. That's kind of the premise of everything that we do. And it was started 15 years ago, actually, by Dr. Uh, Larry Lemack here in town, world-renowned orthopedic surgeon. He is, a, I don't know if you know him, but just a, just an incredibly dynamic person, probably one of the kindest people you'll ever meet. But he started this 15 years ago. He was working on it and I guess getting a lot of youth sports injuries uh, into his practice and decided he wanted to try to do something about it. And instead of, you know, having to treat all of these uh, youth athletes to, to try to do something that helped them prevent all, all these injuries. And what he did was develop a program called the National Center for Sports Safety. That was in 2001 when he started it. And pretty quickly assembled a delegation of surgeons, physical trainers, you know, athletic trainers around the country. And in 2002, hosted a summit here in Birmingham called Setting the Standard. And what came out of that was a program that we still teach today called the Prepare Program, which educates, um, it's an educational tool for coaches, volunteers, parents, really anybody that is responsible for coaching or teaching youth athletics from, you know, little four-year-olds playing little league soccer on up through the high school level. And that Prepare course that was started, it was first launched actually in 2003. It gets, uh, it gets retooled every two years by Dr. Lamack and, and a group of uh, delegates that he assembles. So every two years it gets updated, which is really key because as you probably know with, you know, just concussion protocol and what we do with hydration and uh, how you treat certain even minor, but, you know, certainly severe injuries that may occur. All that protocol is always developing and changing with new research and uh, new things that we find out from a medical side. So, you know, it's great that that gets uh, updated and, uh, you know, every two years. So we say, you know, as much on the kind of cutting edge of, of how to treat our youth athletes. But um, that's, you know, essentially what National Center for Sports Safety does. We're, um, we're based here in Birmingham, but we are nationwide. We, um, I mean, actually, just this week, we signed up a Little League team out of Spokane, Washington. And we, you know, have taught classes in the last couple months in South Carolina and in Maryland and in Pennsylvania. So while we do a lot of our work kind of in and around this region in our state and in Birmingham, we have a very big presence here locally. But, um, you know, we are a national organization, have a pretty big reach. And, you know, some of that is through our founder, Dr. Lee Mack, who's probably served on every significant medical board there is to serve on when it comes to orthopedics and, uh, and safety and, and helping children. But so that's what we do. Talking about uh, sports safety, especially youth, what type of uh, sports problem do they usually have for, for the youth and what kind of safety do you do you teach them? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say that the, probably the biggest thing that we see 
that leads to injuries in youth sports safety is overuse injury. And a lot of that comes from, uh, you know, kids, uh, you know, whether it's parents or coaches, having kids do one single sport year round and playing year round, um, whether that's, you know, you see that a lot in you know, perhaps in baseball um, with pitchers. I mean, there are kids having shoulder surgeries at age 11 these days, which is just incredibly sad. You can see that sometimes in gymnastics. My daughter, you know, does gymnastics and you go to their gym and do you see a handful of girls in boots and splints anytime you go there? And so I think a lot of it is is over can be overuse. Uh, one of the best things that you can do to combat that is just have your kid play, you know, a bunch of different sports or have them take a break. I mean, there's not you're not going to cultivate a professional athlete at age eight because you have them playing year round baseball or travel ball or, you know, what, whatever the sport is. So I would say overuse injury is, is a big deal. Definitely. Part of the things you do as a center, you also do the certification. Is that what you said in, in the past? Right. Yeah. So um, we work with just a number of different entities. I'll just I'll take a couple of them kind of on two different levels. The city of Homewood, for instance, is somebody that we that we work with, one of our clients. And what they have done with us is they have asked us to to teach all of their little league coaches. Um, so if you can imagine everybody within the park and rec system in the city of Homewood that coaches everything from soccer to baseball, softball, volleyball, you know, all those sports um, have the access to take our what is called the level one prepare course. And it's, uh, you know, a general overview of what you do for hydration in, in the summer months, what you do if there's you know, uh, a significant injury on the field, whether that's a broken leg or a broken arm, what you do in, in, you know, with concussions, we even get into how to handle practice or games with inclement weather coming, um, you know, just kind of all those. It's a, you know, really good general uh, sports education um, certificate that you get. And so the city of Homewood, you know, has us, you know, funds their, their city for all their coaches to be able to do that with us. And all their coaches are able to do it for free. And at the end of their certification, it's an online uh, class that you can take. Um, they get their certification and that automatically goes to uh, the city of Homewood. It goes to Alyssa with city of Homewood. They have a record of it and um, they actually require all of their head coaches with little league sports and Homewood park and rec to take our course. So, you know, it's a, it's kind of equivalent to going to a, public swimming pool and having a lifeguard there, you know, you'd want somebody who is in charge of your child, who is in charge of your kid's safety to be certified in, you know, what to do in case of an emergency. So on kind of another level, that certification, we have what is called the level two, and that's for our high school coaches. And in the state of you know, our state, Alabama, states of uh, Georgia and Mississippi, and working on a few others, but um, those three all require head coaches of any sport to have our level two certification. And it goes a little bit more in depth into, you know, frequency of practices, concussion protocols, things like um, a little bit more in depth than say the youth coaching certification. But um, so all those coaches, you know, require that certification class as well. As a runner, I would like to know if you have anything, uh, sports safety for runners as well. I mean, I know that there are a lot of young kids are now running. Uh, is there anything like that or you still, that's not part of the things you do? No, I mean, we, we definitely, we cover that. Um, we don't necessarily cover that in our general education, but we have, you know, at times done sport specific and we have done it for runners and for youth runners. And, you know, probably the, the, the biggest thing that 
I know our surgeons and our trainers will tell them is to not do too much too quick. And that, I mean, that's a pretty good rule for, you know, even us older runners, um, whether you're coming back from injury or to make sure that you're not preventing it. You know, you have a lot of kids going into cross country, you know, seventh grade. And um, even though, you know, kids that age can just go outside and play all day long, the, the pounding that goes with running is a different motion. Uh, that they may not be used to, you know, repetitively. So, you know, kind of like anything, just, you know, ease into it and don't do too much too quickly is probably really good advice to follow. Changing the subject a little bit. Let's talk about the Wine 10K, Birmingham Wine 10K. Talk about uh, how that concept came about. Well, it um, we, you know, we, we have a couple of events that we do at NCSS each year. Um, and, you know, a couple of pretty big fundraisers. We do a golf tournament. We do a big wine dinner that uh, is a is our biggest fundraiser that we do, but we we weren't doing an event that necessarily fit into what our mission is and what our you know kind of company philosophy is, and and so we wanted to do something that re, you know that related to you know to, to the community and being active and the natural fit. Um, I was probably the the biggest maybe influence just because of my love for running, but it seemed the natural fit seemed to be doing a race. And then it was, well, how far do we do? Um, what type of race do we do? And really just because we felt that there are, and, and they're all, you know, we all do a lot of 5Ks throughout the year, just randomly. I just felt like there's already an abundance of those. And doing a 10K is a little bit, a little bit different than, you know, maybe all the other, you know, charity 5Ks that you might see. And they're all great, but we just wanted something that would stand out, something that was a little bit different. So that's that's how that came about. And then, you know, it was more of, you know, how do we go about beginning to execute this? So, yeah, it was really just, you know, us wanting to have something that we could do with the community with, you know, with our mission in mind is how that came about. I remember being at uh, last year, that's inaugural 10K, and it was kind of odd location that most of us have never run that area. I felt like I'm especially the starting area and the finishing also a little different than usually we're used to. Can you talk about the course layout for the wine can 10K a little bit? Yeah. So one of the other things, you know, kind of that next move is, well, where's our course going to be and what do we want to do with our course? And I really wanted us to have something that there was, there was a pretty fast course. You know, you do, you know, there are a lot of races here in town and it seems like you can't run two miles in Birmingham without finding a big hill to run up. Um, so it's it's tough to find a you know a really fast 10k. It's tough to find a really fast 5k, but um, it's tough to find a fast 10k around here um, tend to be you know really challenging. So, but we wanted to do something that was you know at least relatively flat or downhill. And because of our relationship with the city of Homewood, we also decided we wanted Homewood to pretty much be our home base with with what we were doing with this race. And we had um, just you know, the Lakeshore Trail was, you know, kind of a natural fit. A lot of people run that. People are pretty familiar with it. It's, um, it is flat. It's also closed off, which was a big deal for us. Um, we, you know, while we wanted a fast course for our, our faster kind of local elite runners, we also wanted something that would be safe. And, you know, the last three and a half, four miles of our course is completely closed off to traffic, even without police protection. So it affords, you know, those people that might not be a as fast um, an opportunity if they wanted to walk the whole thing they actually could because it's it's completely protected uh, for the last four miles but uh you know we, we so we sort of back backed into the lakeshore trail and you know there's patriot park which had just gone under a great redevelopment with the neighborhood of west homewood and i had actually been to one of the the big events that they had there kind of their grand opening and it just dawned on me you know we're 
Lakeshore Trail is just kind of right down the hill. Um, so we could start here, you know, kind of highlight West Homewood, which and my daughter goes to school at Hall Kent. Uh, which is right there as well. So um, it all just it all just kind of fell into place, made sense, and the 6.2 miles, became, you know, it ended up being pretty easy to lay out. And we ended up with a course that's flat for the first third, downhill for about the middle mile and a half, and very flat for the last, you know, three and a half miles or so. One of the things I enjoyed uh, being part of the first year last year was the finishing line area. Um, having a wine at the finishing line for all the runners. And, you know, it was a very festive environment for, for just being for a first year of the running of the race. How did you get all all the vendors to come out and support the race? <laughs> um, a, lot, a lot of begging that first year, mostly. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, with the finish line, we, um, we approached Lakeshore Plaza. They were actually great to work with um, because, you know, they actually they don't work on Saturday. So the, they have this huge parking lot, which gave us a ton of parking for all the people that were coming to race. And we had a, a really big area that we knew, you know, even if, um, you know, obviously the hope was that we were going to continue growing after the first year, but we knew we had a lot of room to grow, you know, around where that finish line area was and where our post-race party was. So um, we knew that, you know, long-term it was, it was going to be a pretty good fit for the finish and for the post-race party. As far as vendors, you know, we, I guess we're pretty fortunate with NCSS that we have several really good donors that that support you know pretty much everything that we do so we had a pretty good base donor and base sponsorship already and you know the hard thing then just becomes selling something to to somebody when it's your first year and you don't really have all the kind of the background data and things like that you know you just you go to these folks you tell them what your plan is you tell them what you're going to do and really that first year you keep it you know our goal is that we keep everything pretty simple you know we're going to execute a really smooth race and we're going to throw a really fun post-race party if we do those two things well we, we thought that um you know runners would come back um, vendors would come back and you know a lot of people uh surprisingly well maybe not so surprisingly uh, if you go to enough races love mimosas and beer and wine <laughs> you know after <laughs> after the race and um we had um you know, Lululemon was there and they did uh, grilled cheese, which was a huge hit. We had Vecchia there that did, um, you know, white bread pudding um, that was that was a huge hit. And they're all coming back as well this next year. So we're pretty much bringing everybody back and then adding adding a lot more new folks. Um, yeah, that first year was just, you know, just making sure that we did everything smooth and that we executed everything, you know, really well. And we knew that if we did that, that we would have a good response from the first year and that people would say, you know, hey, you know, that was a great course. It was the execution was good and we had a lot of fun. And so that's that was kind of the takeaway that we wanted people to have. And it seems like that's what happened. So you may want to also mention your award for the raise. If you won overall, if you're one of the top people, you probably walked away with about six hundred dollars worth of worth of stuff. But um, uh, from, you know, really good wine to, you know, we did. um wine glasses that had, you know, for even for all the age group, people first, second and third in every age group, you know, had their wine glass with their age group on it. And so we thought that was that was pretty unique and and pretty fun that we did that. And uh, but yeah, so, you know, having some unique awards was fun. And we have some some pretty fun stuff planned this year. I think I know we're going to do the glasses again and we're also going to have something for all the finishers. And uh, we're waiting to see exactly what that's going to be. But when it is, it, I'm sure we'll release it on our social media like we do everything else. Definitely. Tell us about now uh, how this uh, Wine 10K is related with uh, NCSS. Well, it seems like just about everything we do has to do with wine in this organization. Um, I say that kind of 
tongue in cheek, but um, our, our biggest fundraiser that we do each year um, is, is our wine dinner that we do at Fleming Steakhouse. And that was um, that was started with um, our former executive director, uh, Catherine Lemack, um, and her husband, Matthew. Uh, both are very big fans of going to Napa and very big, you know, wine connoisseurs. And and so that's how the wine dinner developed. And then really just just, um, you know, we knew we wanted to do mimosas post race. We have a really good relationship with International Wines and they came on as a sponsor to um, to supply the champagne that we did for our mimosas and um, Wine 10K just kind of seemed like a fit and Wine10K.com was an open domain name and everything just sort of fell into place. Um, sort of like sort of like M runs when you were branding M runs. Um, <laughs> sometimes sometimes you get a little bit lucky and things just fall into place and that's that's sort of the way it happened last year. Um, you know, we had a plan for sure and you know bringing on Allison Stone as our race director and uh, Jeremy Davis was set up events to do our timing was a very wise move on our part because as you know they're they're both top notch and uh, incredible at what they do so you know a lot of the logistics they took care of but a lot of the ideas and marketing you know we did and you know we just wanted to have fun with it and I think um, I think that translated to people having fun and wanting to come back out definitely Additional to the question I was asking earlier, basically uh, the fundraise you you do you get from this you use towards the sports sports safety, correct? Oh, absolutely, yeah, um, yeah. Every dollar you know that we get goes into us being able to you know further educate coaches on sports safety, um, you know, across the country. And you know, a lot of what we do, if it's in a specific region like this, is you know, we'll that money will stay concentrated you know here in this area. But yeah, yeah, every every. Every dime goes to coaches' education uh, for youth sports. So this concept of Wine 10K is catching up um, in and around Birmingham. I hear a lot about it now. And um, as you go forward, how do you plan to grow it? Um, success it had on the first year and what, what we're looking forward for in the, this year, it may grow out from the location where you have started. Can you touch bases how future will look like? from five years from now, even next year, or even this year, how you want trying to approach it to grow it a little bit bigger? Yeah, well, I'll kind of um, just maybe start with the, you know, kind of the kind of the goal and concept, you know, that we start with is similar to how we do most everything else at National Center for Sports Safety. We, you know, start off with our with our why and our what. And if you really that why being the cause or crusade, which is easier for us because everything com- comes back to coaches education and youth sports safety. So our why is sort of our, already there with anything that we do. And then, the you know, you get into the what, which is, you know, just that, you know, kind of your quantifiable goals and and the money making part of it. The, you know, and, and we try to be careful, you know, because that that why, which is kind of your mission that kind of, you know, that missionary discipline um, and the and the what being more the, I guess, the mercenary, you don't want to do all of one and not the other, because if you stay too mission driven, which if we had stayed, if we had approached this wine 10K and all we wanted to do is teach people about the National Center for Sports Safety, um, we may have done that, but we wouldn't have made any money and it would have lasted one year and we would have done one wine 10K. On the other hand, if we had, you know, just stayed only money driven and eventually what that turns into, if that's your primary concern, you know, you start doing things for money at the expense of your ethics. And I've seen people fall into that trap too. So our goal, you know, really was how do we get the word out with what we're doing with National Center for Sports Safety, also make money. So we're trying to stay, 
you know, at a high level of both of those things with anything that we do at NCSS is, you know, make sure that we're getting our message across, but making sure that we're funding what we're doing, you know, whatever event that it is. So I guess kind of big picture, if you're doing like a 50,000 foot flyover, I mean, those are our, our key goals. You know, we didn't go into it with, you know, we want to have 300 people or we want to have a thousand people the second year. It's more, I guess, procedural than that. I mean, we know that if we execute the things that we need to execute properly, all that other stuff is going to fall into place. The registrations are going to, are going to come. The, the sponsorship dollars are going to come if we, you know, do our job and put everything in place and deliver on what we say we're going to do for our sponsors and for our runners, then all that's going to continue to grow. And yeah, you know, assuming five years from now, um, if we grow the way we think we can and the way it's, you know, it's sort of headed from year one to year two, if we continue that growth, yeah, there's going to be potentially a time when we're not able to start at Patriot Park and the what we thought was a huge area to do our post race may not be big enough. And we, when we get to that point, we'll, we'll make some some provisions. There are, you know, places that we can do this in Birmingham and even in Homewood that I think would allow us to to grow even further. But um, I think we're still a couple of years away from that. But we've definitely thought about it because, you know, if you're not preparing for all that stuff when it comes, you're not you're not ready to execute it. So I hope that answered your question. That answers my question. So so we don't know at, at this point, but we're just going to let it grow and see see where it falls. And you're doing great job at this time. And, you know, and runners will respond accordingly, so we know that for sure. Right. <laughs> and, and if you put a great event, they'll be out there. So. And Yeah, and conversely, when you don't, they, they don't come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen that too. I've seen the both ends of it. Before I forget to ask this question, uh, I would like to ask, how did you get Emma Colbert to come to Birmingham? She is the first woman to win the steeplechase uh, uh, medal. At at uh-huh. Olympic, I guess. Um, so, a lot yeah, of people so, are asking. So <laughs> let's just get that out. out so, she was um yeah so yeah she was the the first um uh, female from the U.S. to win an Olympic medal in the steeplechase. Yeah, that's a great question. I guess she's never been to Birmingham and just really wanted to come. So I wish it was. And honestly, it was almost it was almost that easy. Um, I'd, I'd like to say I had you know just some some golden method that I use that nobody else possesses but me. But um, truth is, um, we were, uh, my wife and I had, had been following her, you know, kind of pre-Olympics and through the trials. And uh, Emma is kind of notorious for her non-track workouts, her, you know, weight workouts and her TRX. And so my wife is just fascinated with everything that she can do on that apparatus. And uh, so she tries to emulate, you know, on our on our home gym and everything. It's kind of funny. Um, she can actually do a lot of it, but, um, uh, so we, anyway, we've been following Emma for a long time, follow her through the trials and knew she had a really good shot to medal in the Olympics and we're watching her and, you know, she does great, wins a bronze medal. And, um, you know, it's kind of the, the few weeks, um, this is kind of a time, time we're starting to ramp up what we're wanting to do with wine 10k. And I was on her Facebook page actually, and she was at a track meet post Olympics in Zurich, Switzerland. And she had posted uh, a photo of her with a couple other athletes doing a kids, a children's run camp where she was teaching kids the the things about, you know, sort of what we do. You know, she was teaching them how to how to be safe in their preparation with, you know, stretching and um, things that you do while you're on the on the track and on the road and, uh, you know, what to do afterward and what to do if you get injured. And um, so I saw that on her social media and I thought she seems to 
love exactly what our mission is all about. And I thought, well, this is a long shot, but I'm going to send her a message. Um, literally sent it straight to her Facebook fan page, um, thinking there's no one in the world. Anybody's going to respond. It's probably run by somebody <laughs> that's not even her, but I'm going to give it a shot. So I sent this pretty long message about who I was, what I did um, for National Center for Sports Safety about our race and hit send. And I'm not kidding. Within 15 minutes, I had an email, not 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 a response on Facebook, but you know, I'd given all my contact info. I had an email from her saying, I want to know more about the National Center for Sports Safety. And and after I kind of gathered myself a little bit, um, responded to her and I'm thinking, wow, this is my one shot to respond. And so I responded and she and I went back a half dozen times via email just about what we did and what the Wine 10K was all about, um, what the proceeds, you know, who they benefited. And she said her last email was, well, I'm about to go to bed. I'll get my agent in touch with you. Um, so, you know, again, you're thinking, you know, when's that going to happen? You know, but of course was, uh, I didn't want to tell too many people because it was such a, you know, it was a really big deal. And I didn't, if it didn't happen, I didn't want to get too excited, but I woke up the next morning and there was an email from her agent asking if he could give me a call that day. And I said, sure, I'm, I'm open at nine 30. <laughs> and so he <laughs> called me and we were on the phone for uh, about 10 or 15 minutes. And he said, okay, um, I know she wants this to happen. So let's make it happen. What do we need to do? And we discussed a few logistical things and it was done. Contract was over to me that afternoon. I signed it, sent it back. He signed it, sent it back. And Emma was coming to the wine 10 K it was, it all happened in about 48 hours. I still kind of can't believe it. And I guess what, what I'm most surprised about with her that's really refreshing from a pro elite athlete that's probably one of the most marketable people that came out of the Olympics is she'll she'll drop me a you know an email or she'll she'll post stuff on her social media about wanting case she did it two weeks ago. Um just, you know, kind of randomly, you know, out of the blue, she decides to post about wine ten K and I thought that was really cool. And, you know, she'll send a She'll just send an email and um, just say, hey, I'm about to do this or um, just kind of keeps us updated. So um, that's pretty uncommon, I think, when it comes to dealing with professional athletes these days. So it's um, it's, it's been great. I, she clearly has a passion for helping kids in sports and especially with running. So, um, you know, I hope this is a good fit that we can continue even past March 11th at the 110K with her. Definitely. And we need to recruit some of our fast ladies uh, to, well, to line you know, up. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping Jenny Simpson's on the on the radar shortly after. Um, you know, we're hoping that this becomes something we do every year with Wine 10K. If, if it happens to be her every single year, that's great. But um, you know, there are you know other people that she's friends with that that I think she can she can bring our way if we make sure to show her some good hospitality, Southern hospitality, while she's in Birmingham. And you know, she'll go back and hopefully can't wait to come back and visit us. So so Definitely. we'll see. I'm also talking about our local fast ladies to come down and race with her. They, um, they're already coming. So, um, I mean, everybody knows Erica, um, who just set a new state of Alabama marathon record. Um, she's already coming. I know, uh, Justina made her from Huntsville. I know she's coming. So, you know, the local elite field, there are, gosh, um, there are already a couple dozen, you know, regional, elite people that are coming to race and uh, of those 24 only one is from Birmingham and that's Erica so that tells you how the word has gotten out with with you know that group of folks which is a whole different different category than what we're used to those um, those are some 
you know, some, some fast, fast folks. And so I'm excited that they're, that I know that they're coming as well. So, um, you know, that was kind of another thing that we wanted to do with our race too, is, you know, like I said, at the very beginning, we wanted it to be fast and attract some fast people. Um, and also wanted to be really fun because I mean, end of the day, um, while we want those local and regional elite athletes to come and race, um, you know, 90% of your field, 90, probably 95% of your field are not those folks. So you want to make it enjoyable for them as well. Um, and it's, and it's, it can be tough to, to cater to both of those groups, but I think we've, you know, found a common mesh point that we can do that. Definitely. Before we conclude our interview, can you tell us how to register for the race and where can we find the information on the social media as well as websites? Yeah, super easy. So wine10k.com. If you go there, you will find all the information that you need about the race. Um, there's information about Emma on there. There's, you know, information, you know, we have our course posted on there. Um, obviously you can register there. It talks about the team championship component that we have, uh, you know, just all the details, everything about the race are at wine10k.com and social media. You can go to wine10k on Instagram. You can go to Birmingham wine10k on Facebook. Um, there's, you know, we're pushing a thousand people on that. Now that's grown pretty quickly and that's where we, put a lot of our fun homemade videos that we put out every now and then. So um, Facebook has been, you know, just like anything these days, social media with videos, you know, it's become one of the biggest things that you can do uh, to get the word out about your event. So um, yeah, wine10k.com, Birmingham, wine10k on Facebook, and wine10k on Instagram. You'll find us. Definitely. Before we uh, conclude this interview, just want you to talk to the people who are thinking about coming to the race, what we, what would you like to say and and any last word from you? Yeah, I mean, I just say if you're, you know, if you're even thinking about doing a 10K, even if you're not somebody that runs regularly right now, you know, we have New Year's coming up and it's a great time to make, you know, the New Year's resolution and where our event falls gives you enough time to start you know, a run walk program and then a running program we have, uh, cadenceruncoaching.com. You can go to if you're, you know, needing a run plan or somebody to help guide, you know, your efforts to get there. But I would just say be ready to come out, do a really enjoyable course around the neighborhood uh, in West Homewood, come down on Lakeshore Trail, you know, really peaceful tree line, asphalt paved path that's closed off to any cars. So a great course and then get ready to have a really great, post-race party um our presenting sponsor the one thing that they told me as they were handing me their presenting sponsor check was make sure that the post-race party is better than anybody else's that's all i asked and i said yes sir so (laughs) um so be ready to have fun you know on the on the road on the course and after the race so um and go to wine10k.com and sign up great thanks thanks for your time and uh, looking forward to coming out and taking some pictures for wine10k suman thank you for this and everything you do in the run community it's that we're lucky to have you thank you thanks for listening to another episode of embrance podcast 